Chapter One The only thing I know about Wimbledon is the tennis. Derwent drummed his fingers on the steering wheel. I stared at the map. What do you need to know? It's an expensive place to live. Smart, out of your price range. Not the sort of place we usually fetch up. Still two miles away at a rough estimate, and God knows how long that's going to take. Lights are changing, Kerrigan. I'm going to go on straight. No, don't do that. Straight ahead of us was a queue of cars that stretched to infinity, or at least the A3. I turned the map around, desperately searching for the right road. Left, turn left. I'm in the wrong lane. The car surged forward, going straight into the one-way system from hell. Should have decided sooner. I don't know why you sound so smug. We're both going to be stuck in the same traffic. Yeah, but it's your fault, so I can enjoy myself by blaming you. It's not my fault that you broke your sat-nav. The ice in my voice did nothing to cool the temperature in the car. I could feel sweat trickling down my back and shifted in my seat. The windows were down, but the air was stagnant, hot even though the sun had set hours earlier. August in London and the weather was at its worst. Since we're stationary, do you mind putting the air conditioning on? Waste of petrol. Someone's got to think of the environment. He stuck his head out of his window and sniffed enthusiastically. Fresh air is better for you. A hundred exhausts belched fumes in front of us. This air is not fresh. Nor are my socks. Derwent admitted, sticking a finger down the side of his shoe and proving his point with the waft of sweaty foot smell. My nose wrinkled and I turned my face away, not caring that he found it funny. Why is there so much traffic at this time of night anyway? Need you ask? Roadworks. It goes down to one lane from three. We should never have come this way. Derwent inched forward, although the car in front hadn't moved. Almost midnight. What were you planning to do this evening? I had hoped for an early night, but I knew better than to say anything that hinted at bed. The D.I. was as quick to go after innuendo as a terrier barreling down a rat hole. Nothing much. You? Nothing you want to hear about, I imagine. A sidelong glance. Your loss. I doubt that. I knew very little of his private life, but that was precisely as much as I wanted to know about it. I just wished he felt the same way about me. What about your boyfriend? What about him? Is he at home? He's working, and that's all I'm saying, so move on. You're probably pleased to have something to do gets you out of the house, doesn't it? Thank God, work talk. It sounds like an interesting case. It sounds like a domestic. Derwent rubbed a hand over the back of his neck and looked at it, then wiped it down his trouser leg. I'm sweating like a pedo in a playground. He was reliably casually offensive, but every now and then he still managed to shock me. I had decided that he was an acquired taste and that I could get to like him some day. Today was not that day. Look, if you don't take the next left, we're going to be here until midnight. It's one way. 
He was leaning forward to see, hugging the steering wheel. I peered in the same direction, seeing the no entry signs. Ah, bollocks. I could blue light it. Not a good idea, I said automatically. There were strict rules governing when we could travel on blues and twos. Getting to work was not an emergency. Derwent looked at me sideways. His hair was ruffled and he had caught the sun across the bridge of his nose. He looked all of eight years old. Please? Why are you asking me? You're the senior officer. That's right, I am. He sounded pleased at the reminder. Well, off we go. Hit it, Kerrigan. The siren hadn't finished its first whoop before Derwent had pulled out of our line of traffic, making for our illegal...